0: We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. we love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. In the right place. Not found in the wrong place, but lost in the right place. Christians do this. Believers do this. Church people do this. They get found sometimes in the wrong place. Like, God, I was trying to be in your will, and now all of a sudden... Here I find myself doing this. This is not what I meant, you meant for me. Would you help me get lost in the right place? And today I want to really get literal about lost and talk a little bit about lost people. I say often, we're the lost people, you know, we're, we're just as lost as anyone ever. Every one of us needs Jesus. You do. You're not special because you found Jesus. You still need him. You're still lost. You still are a sinner, and you need forgiveness, yes? But there are some that don't even know about Jesus. We need to help them. And that's kind of where I'm going today. We're going into Easter. You know that? Like a month from now, it'll be Easter. Um, and Easter time is a, is a season in churches. And I, I believe it's not just a season, but the facts are that people decide, oh, I need to get back in church. Or I need to get to church right around Easter time. And that's when the church experiences most of its growth in, in that springtime. And then the peop, some stay, some leave, and come back next Easter. Or they come at Christmas. But um, But it's an important time. So I want you to be thinking about lost people. Don't look around at the people around you and wonder if they're lost. But who... Should you be in thinking about inviting to church? Who should you be looking to reach? Um, the seniors' ministry, not the high school seniors, but the seniors, the old people, we, we often say they're the driving force of our church because they're faithful, <laughs> they're giving, they're service, serving. They're a serving group of people, they know Jesus. They encourage, but um, we gave them a challenge last week at the seniors brunch, and I want to read it to you. It was given through uh, Juanita's uh, and Bill's uh, oversight, and I put it into words. Allow the Lord to lead you to neighbors. They're, they're going to encourage someone every day. They're going to write a, a why, yes, I encouraged, or a no, no, I didn't encourage someone, all the way up until Easter, like lint. Lent season, right? They're going to make sure to encourage. And so this is one way they can encourage. Allow the Lord to lead you to a neighbor, a relative, a friend, or even an acquaintance you meet on routine errands. Barbara at Safeway, okay? Whoever it is, let the Holy Spirit show you how you might encourage them. Often we think it has to be inviting them to church, that's not always what God wants. Sometimes he just has a Holy Spirit word for them. You don't even have to say it's from the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's really not churchy at all the way you say it. Encourage them. And it might lead to an invitation to church at the same time. But um, that's, that's a challenge they're having for lost. But you are finding yourself in the wrong place. It's time to get lost in the right place. And that's in God's purposes for you. I want to tell you something obvious, but if you know Jesus, do you know the purpose of knowing Jesus um, isn't just to get to heaven? If your purpose in meeting Jesus, Jesus, would you be a part of my life? I did that a long time ago after watching a scary movie about Jesus coming back called The Thief in the Night. I was probably six years old, and I cried the way home, and I said, Mom, I don't want to go to hell. She said, well, then you need Jesus. You need Jesus, son. And in the back seat of my car, I gave my heart to Jesus. It wasn't a real fancy you. It wasn't a real fancy moment, but um, but I did. And I the purpose of me meeting Jesus wasn't just to get to heaven. Because if it was, he would have taken me right then. Because that's probably what he should have done so I don't mess anything up. Right? <laughs> Some of you... You get saved, you need to get to heaven immediately (laughs) because you're just hurting. You're hurting God's plan on this earth. Here's what God does for you, though. He decides, I want to use you to accomplish what I want to make sure happens. So I'm going to use you. I'm not going to do it all myself. I'm going to use you to help others find me. But we think it's somebody else, not us. But he's using us, so you, you, being, you become a Christian, so you help others get to heaven, not just to get to heaven yourself. Central to our uh, reason for living is not just to get to heaven, is to bring others with us. That's our purpose. Lord, help us get lost, and your purpose for me. The church has been asleep, right? Uh, there's a book a long time ago called The Sleeping giant like we're a sleeping giant almost because we where we can do so much damage or so much good we're asleep though often and we don't do much and god wants to wake us up he's doing that he's doing that on college campuses right so cool to see so encouraging and he's doing it inside the church churches are realizing wow i need to wake up because god's got important things for me to do now, the, word, the lost verse that we're using, put up that scripture, Matthew chapter 16, talks about how to get lost in God's purposes for you. And it says this, for whoever, don't turn off because the Bible came up, all right? Don't turn, this is the most important part of this time. When you see the Bible up there, it's not my words, it's God's word to you. whoever wants to save their life, you, you got to lose it. What? Whoever loses their life for me, you'll find it. Jesus is so confusing. Jesus did, he said stuff like this all the time. And you're like, what? But he's trying to mess with our paradigm that everything is me, me, me. I want this for me. Can I find this for me? And he says, no, get lost and what I have. When you lose your life, you think you're losing fulfillment, but when you, when you give your life to Jesus, you find fulfillment. And I ask you today, how lost are you willing to go? Would you bow your heads with me? Um, I wrote this prayer, part of this prayer. I'm going to read it. But Lord, we come before you today in the name of Jesus, and we say thank you this time together and in these short moments I pray that you would speak to us through your word I pray I could somehow get out of the way I pray for all the ears in the room to not hear what I say but hear what the Holy Spirit says to them I pray my personality gets gets out of the way so that you can do your thing I want to be used by you and Lord give us wisdom to reach a community hungry for something that satisfies them Lord, make us fearless, embolden us with your power through the Holy Spirit to bring a message of hope to a hopeless world. Let us lose our pride. Let us lose our excuses. Let us lose our insecurities so we can find the life you want us to live. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. And then I'm calling this message, it's, we're kind of in the middle of it, but I want to call it the darkest night. I don't want to depress you today. Everybody smile, but I'm going to depress you. It is pretty dark. What we're in right now, we're in a dark time. I'm not going to throw out a lot of statistics, but I am going to say we got a lot of stuff going on in the world around us. And I'm not talking the world. I'm, let's just stick right here. Colorado Springs, fountain, monument. You know, one of our, not one of our, our greatest problem, according to law enforcement in, in Colorado Springs, I went to a meeting of pastors with the chief of police and he said, you know what our biggest problem is? Church people. No, he didn't. He's, our biggest problem is drugs. He said, "Stop calling us. Tell your people," this is what he said. He said, "Tell your people, stop calling us when they have a fender bender because we're busy dealing with important things like people having drug problems." Like it's 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 a it's terrible in our and I was kind of like, "What? Really?" In Colorado Springs, he said, "Yeah, so much crime around drugs and it makes you scared and I don't want to make you scared, but he said in fact the number one target is our kids, you know, because it's basically legal to do everything, and I'm not, I'm not here to talk about politics, but, but it's given our kids an excuse to, to experiment. It's, it's, it's a problem, and um, right up there in our town, spiritually, is a problem of suicide amongst young people. Ever since I've lived here the last seven years, one of the uh, greatest problems amongst youth is suicide amongst our kids, Right? Depression is rampant in adults and kids alike. It's it's a dark, dark night. I could give you this stat, but I think we're depressed enough. The family is a forgotten virtue, you would agree. Kids, uh, some of you teachers, you know, the kids don't even get raised by their parents, right? They don't get raised, but you're like, did your parent, did you, did did you, you're? I told like, well, I didn't talk to my parents. I don't, I don't communicate with my parents. What? They didn't give you a lunch today? No, they didn't give me a lunch today. Our kids are being raised by the internet. The porn industry has, has um, grown by 200% this last year and then probably the year before. We are lost in a dark night. And it reminds me of Luke 2.15 or 15.2. Luke chapter 15 verse 1 and 2. Okay. A time when things were dark. Jesus wasn't, hadn't been here until just now. He's 30, and he's been behind the scenes. 400 years of God not speaking between the Old Testament and New Testament. People had given up that there was going to be a Savior. It was not happening. It was not a good time, and who was running things? The church, and the church was mixed up because it says the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering to hear Jesus. That's a good, that's a good sentence right there. Go back to it. Look at that sentence, verse 1. Uh-oh. The tax collectors and the sinners were hanging out with Jesus. Did it just crash on you? It did? Perfect. That's why you need your Bible, right? Verse 2 says this. Computer, no signal. Is it on? And Jesus says back to the people. No, I'm just kidding. Verse 2 says this. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners... And eats with them. All right. The first sentence said this. Jesus is hanging out with sinners. Tax collectors. The second sentence says, this is the church's response. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. The context, we're in a bad time. We're in a dark time. The darkest of nights. And this is what the church worries about. He's sitting with sinners at tables. This is wrong. That's what they're thinking. Jesus is at a table with lost people. Jesus had a decision to make here. He's watching his disciples watch him. He's trying to get across to his disciples a message all through the book of Luke. It's kind of a central theme to what Luke talks about. He's trying to help them see that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. In other words, he could say it like this. This is why I came. He doesn't say this to the people, but he would say to the Pharisees, he would say to anyone that would criticize him on this. This is why I live. This is my purpose for existing. This is why in a few short months I will die for the one. Making a point that I sit with at the table. I'm sitting here with them because this is why I'm alive for the lost. In fact, I will lose everything to sit at the table with one lost person. Hear that one. I don't want you to say it together. My wife said, don't tell people to say things with you together. So I won't, but say to yourself one. One lost person. In essence, he was saying to the Pharisees, it's not about your fancy tabernacles, not that ours is that fancy, It's not about your fancy lights, it's not even about your fancy sermons or your fancy live streams. Well, thank goodness, because ours isn't that fancy. Because you know what? The lost people, your, your mission is not even done at Sunday, at Sunday morning. It happens outside of this. This is your encouragement time. It would be nice if someone comes to church and gets saved, but your situation is outside of a Sunday. It's not about this. It's about sitting, not in temples, but at tables. I was encouraging my brother Thomas and Christian, they're, they're the managers at, at their parents' shop. And I said, i I never seen. Yeah, I've never seen people smile and laugh and have such a good time at tables like I see at Rizzuto's ice cream. It's it's actually a mission outside of a mission. You're doing more at that mission than you're doing than we do right here in this room, because people are sitting at tables. Now they might not be talking about Jesus, and that's another story. But. Jesus says it's at tables that it happens, reaching the lost happens way before they get to a Sunday morning. And he's trying to explain it to them and he's thinking, "I don't know if you're getting it, disciples, are you getting this? People or Pharisees are you getting this? No. It happens in dark places. Let me tell you a story. That's what Jesus did. He told stories. They called them parables. This could have been a true story based on a true story, but it's not a true story. But you can see yourself in it, okay? The story is this, Luke 15, four. It's up there on the screen. It says, Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep. Oh, perfect. This relates to me because I have a hundred sheep. No. Many of us would say, No, this I don't sheep don't relate to me. Does anyone have a sheep? Some of you have chickens now. You could use it that way. You could use dogs or something, I don't know. But he's trying to relate to the people at the time. So he talks about sheep and they're like, oh yeah, sheep, I got sheep. Under sheep, I got sheep, yeah, perfect. Suppose one of them gets lost, Fido. You can't find him. Wouldn't you leave the other 99, which is scriptural to have a church of 99, I guess, so we're doing good. Um, I guess you're not supposed to have a church bigger than nine because you've got to go find the one. I'm just kidding around. Leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep. Go to the dark places. Go to the crevices. Go to the caves. Wherever sheep go, I don't know where sheep get lost, but they get lost. Wouldn't you go find them? And the people are like, oh, yeah, I would go find them. I get it. So he's saying that it's kinda like, kind of like you. You kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm busy with the tax collectors. I'm busy with the sinners. This is what I'm supposed to be doing to find the one. I don't know. Did anyone see it's like a Christian thing that everyone's talking about right now? And I don't like to do the Christian thing and talk about it, but I will because it was good. The movie Jesus Revolution, did anyone see it? Raise your hand. All right. Um, if you didn't see it, that doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian. Just means you're a, probably don't listen to Christian radio if you're not going to, no, let me, let me stop. All right. Jesus Revolution is a movie, and often Christian movies are lame, right? And, uh, well, I mean, they can be lame. They're not, they're not realistic often. It's kind of like, yeah, good, good try, you know. But I'll watch them all. I'll support them all because that's great to get a good message out there. But this one was pretty Pretty good. Pretty well done. And um, it got right up there at the box office with um, like Ant-Man, like Marvel movie. It's right, right up next to it. in Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear and Ant-Man and, and Jesus. Right in the middle of it. Jesus is doing good. And it tells me that people are hungry for something that's, uh, that's I don't know. I don't know what it tells me. Maybe the church is just getting to the theater. But um, you should see it. I don't ever, hardly ever say that, like you should go see it, but you will. You'll like it. I'm pretty sure. There's parts of it I'm like, yeah, that was kind of boring, but some of it I cried. Some of it I was sitting there crying. I wanted to cry more. I cried like twice. I would have liked to cry like four times. That would have been an A to me, but I cried twice. So, But it's about lost people. It's about the church. Find, you're such a great listener, my sister. I won't point you out, but I just appreciate it. It's about the church finding lost people. Doing a good job at finding lost people. Um, Jesus' love uh, compels, should compel the 99 to, to leave the 99 and find, find the one. And... Um, The movie is about the true account of, like, the hippie movement, right? They were getting uh, shunned by the church. The church was saying, Why are these people coming in and messing up our shag carpet with their bare feet? Their feet are dirty. Like, literally saying things like that. Look how they're dressed. Look how what they smoke. Look what they're doing. Like, they shouldn't be allowed in the church. And it showed how the church decided to love them in. They didn't accept them for their, um, one of their things was sex, love, peace, right? They didn't accept their free sex, like free sex here, come here and do it. No, they weren't accepting their sin, but they were accepting them as they were. And what they found was as they welcomed the lost into the church, that those people found the love of Jesus and repented of their sins, gave up their things. And it was really cool because all over the United States, this was happening. And, and some of you maybe were a part of the Jesus movement. Maybe that's how you came to know Jesus. Anybody in the room? Um, that was from that time. Thousands of people came to know Jesus. And this, and this movie does a great job at showing how the church um, receive them and um, my takeaway is that wow church we could do better we could do better because god is asking us to find the one not the hundreds not the thousands but who's that one that should be sitting next to you who's that one that needs jesus and it's your responsibility to show them while the pharisees um criticized, they didn't criticize uh, bare feet and the way people dressed when they came to church. They criticized other things about the lost. They said, we can't have them in here. They don't know how to do sacrifices right. They don't um, worship the right way. They don't worship like us, like we, And, and Jesus is like, no, no, no. Jesus was showing his disciples, the most important thing is not you, but the one, find a way to reach the one. Can you help me, a couple of you help me, and go pass out one of these coins to every person, all right? They can have a more than one if they want. There's not chocolate inside them, I'm sorry. They're, uh, they're fake plastic coins, they're not real. It's kind of a silly illustration, but it's one of those things that you may not throw away when you leave here. I gave you a paper clip, you'd be like, I'll throw this away. but this might sit somewhere in your house, you might look at it and you might be like, "Oh yeah, I remember he was talking about the one. Put the importance on the right things. I want to ask you a question today, and we're going to talk about this coin in a minute. But take a step back from uh, May uh, what are we in May, April, May, March 2023. Look at yourself, look at the way you do things, evaluate. We're in a dark night. Not as a church, as a community, as a city, as a state, as a world. We're in a dark night. And I want to point out some assumptions in this dark night. Can you put up the first slide? We assume certain things in this dark night. We assume, and I put state of the union here because I think there was one given not too long ago here's kind of a state of the union of the christian church of of believers jesus followers we assume certain things we assume the lost they'll be fine they'll be fine don't worry we assume they are better off we assume they'd rather be lost than deal with us it is it's a true assumption that we think and not not a true but it is assumption we assume they don't want to be found something that we think put up the next one we're dealing with lies and truth lies and truth we forget what's most important and i want to read you a scripture we'll come right back to this lies and truth put up the scripture luke chapter 15 verse 5 through 7 we forget if they're lost, they're going to hell. And we assume that they don't care, but they do. They may not even know it. And so Jesus tells one more story. He had told, Actually, he's going to tell another one, but we're not going to get into that. He tells another one about a lost something. He told the lost sheep. Now he tells the lost coin. And he says this. Oh, actually, not quite yet. When he finds it, talking about the sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, I'm so happy. I found my sheep, right? You rejoice together. I tell you the same way. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over that one, over that one, over that one than you probably because you you made it to heaven. I'm kind of confused by that. I think God's going to be rejoicing over us, but he's making a point that there's going to be a lot of rejoicing over the one. Go back to the lies and truth. We're dealing with lies and truth. We're dealing with an opponent who is the only one who can help to sleep, the church, aren't we? We're dealing with Spirits and demons. You know, the Bible says it's not about flesh and blood. You're looking at Bob or Tom or John or Jack or Joe or Jim or Julie, and you're thinking it's them. No, we're dealing with spirits and demons. The spirits and demons, and I'm not getting weird here. I'm just telling you what the truth is. They don't want Jack, Julie, John, Jim, Joe, or whatever the person to find Jesus. So you think Joe doesn't want Jesus. We're dealing with spirits and demons. We're dealing with deception. We're dealing with the biggest con job the world has ever known, with the biggest deceiver the world has ever known. His name is the devil. He's called the father of lights because he looks flashy, he looks right, let's follow him. But he tricks us. He tricks us into thinking things that aren't true. Lies are often loud. Put up that next slide. Lies are often loud. Truth is often quiet, isn't it? Well, I assume, let me just say this. Like, uh, the church is judgmental and they're not loving. That's a loud lie. I happen to believe that many people in the church, maybe not all, right? Look across the room, point at someone. No. Many people in the church are very loving. Many people in the church are, are learning to be not judgmental. We, have, we, are, we are being uh, transformed By Christ. And I've seen the church over the last really the last three years be a lot less judgmental than they used to be. You you might have been called that in the past. I would tell you maybe you're not so judgmental. Now don't get so prideful and think you're and then and then mess up and then end up judging people. I don't want you doing that. But I happen to believe that the truth is that we are doing a pretty good job. One line, put you can put the next one up there. I think this might be a slide. One lie is that the world wants nothing to do with Jesus. I said it before in a different way, but um, I think that sometimes. Like, that's a lie, though. The world, they don't want anything to do with the name Jesus. They don't like it. It's offensive, so I won't use it. That's a lie. We assume because lies are louder than truth that the truth is not true world wants Jesus. They might not know it, and you might need to uh, creatively explain to them who Jesus is and not say in their face, you're going to hell. But they need Jesus. Here's the truth. Do we have a slide for this? I don't know. The truth is this. Jesus, oh yeah, John fourteen six. Here's your memory verse. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. I could say it like this. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. I know I'm getting a little long. We're going to we're close here soon. Can't see, my, can't see my clock, but what is it? 11.20. Perfect. I like in that movie, they go, they do this a lot. I think that was something in the, in the Jesus revolution in the 60s they did. Like that guy would get up there and preach and the people would go, Right? It was kind of like peace, love, and Jesus. Right, Jesus is the way. The lie is, oh, people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that he's the only way. That's offensive. Yeah, that's, that's not. I mean, it could be offensive, but the truth is he is the way. The truth. The only way people are going to get to heaven is through Jesus. Romans 1.16. This is the truth, too. The good news of Jesus, it's good news, it's not bad news. We think, we assume, we assume. You know are assuming, does my teacher used to tell me? If you don't know, ask someone. Assume. Ask A-S-S-S, you and me. All right. The good news is that Jesus is the power that saves every person who believes. That's good news. The Bible is called the gospel. That means good news. The good news is that people will get to heaven. That's the good news by Jesus. He's the power. If they could only see. Put up the next slide. Because I I don't want to just say it. I wanted you to read it. I don't know if you can see this completely. I'll read it to you. If we truly engage a generation. Oh, this is good. Memorize. uh, Listen to this again. If we truly engage a generation with the authentic life and love of Jesus, it's a big, long sentence. Let me take a break. If we truly engage a generation, and I'm talking all generations, but man, I am looking at the, the, lost, the lostest of the lost, and that's the younger ones. I want to reach them. That's why I give my time on Sunday nights to reach the youth. You know, I am so tired on Sundays, but if we don't have a youth pastor, I'm going to be the youth pastor so we can reach them. If we truly engage a generation with authentic life and love of Jesus, not the fake life, not the hypocritical life, not the watered-down life, but the true life, the authentic life of Jesus and the supernatural power of God that goes with it. That's what they're looking for. Nothing will stop this generation from embracing Christ. Nothing will stop them from wanting forgiveness because they'll see that God is real. That's a great place for an amen. You don't have to say it, but you should say amen. Take a picture of that. Memorize, uh, read that this week. Worship team, would you come forward? You see, the, you see the coin in your hand. What do I have this coin? Like I said, Jesus said the people aren't getting it with the sheep, so I'm going to talk about a coin. I ask you this question. What now? It's the darkest of nights. I'm not the most eloquent of speakers, but you can get this. It's the darkest of nights. What now? What do we do now? Tell me. What do I do? I don't know if you saw that movie. But Luke 15, 8, 13, 10, it says this. Jesus, they didn't get it, so I'm going to tell you this story. Suppose you knew a man or a woman. They lost a coin, a gold coin, a very expensive coin. What would you do? Ah, forget it. I won't find that coin. I'll never find it. Forget it. In our day, we, we would say that because coins are a dime a dozen. Right, He says, no, this lady, she needs the coin. She's going to go find it. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and says, I found it. I found my coin. Where's my coin? I found it. I found it. And everyone rejoices with her because this coin is going to buy her family Food for another day. In the same way, Jesus says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of God, angels of God, over one sinner who repents. I ask you, what now? What if Jesus was coming tomorrow? He might. They told me that when I was 12. Jesus is coming soon. You probably won't get married. You probably won't get a girlfriend. You probably won't uh, have kids. You probably, Jesus is coming. He's still, it's still soon. I don't know when it's going to be. Suppose he came tomorrow. What are we supposed to do? Lost in the darkest night. Verse eight. Verse eight. Light a lamp and find the one. Light a lamp and find the one. The message version says it like this look in every nook and cranny until you find it. Go to the cave, go to the dark place, go to the valley, go to the nightclub, go to the what you, go to the your, the house that you haven't been to in 20 years and you find that person you find them and then you bring them back to Jesus and you're, there's gonna be rejoicing. there's gonna be rejoicing. Where's this go? <laughs> Would you bow your heads? Put that coin in your pocket. Put it somewhere where you don't lose it. And I ask you to say to the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to leave here with today? What are you speaking to me about the one? Maybe it's the one. Maybe there's a name that's attached to that one. Maybe it's um, an idea of what you could do to reach the one. Maybe it's just that you feel shook up that you need to do a better job at being open to the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Because we have the ability to light the darkest night. And it was an accident that the song was sung today, but I'm... Maybe you're here. Everybody's eyes closed, would you? Nothing special about what I have to do, but I want to... I'm responsible... To make sure you get to heaven. Maybe some of you know no one would give you the opportunity. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you're lost. I promise you, next year at this time, you give Jesus a year of your life, your life will be transformed. Probably won't take a whole year, but it will. If you're lost today and you need Jesus in your life, would you just kind of make eye contact with me? No one else is looking around, and I see it, and I'll say, Yeah, amen, and we're all gonna pray. No one's going to get pointed out but anyone need to find jesus today come back to him you've been lost you've been not in the right place look right up here i'm looking across the room all right that means everyone amen is that why all right let's all say this together anyone else all right here we go let's all say this together say lord jesus i'm lost all of us say this i'm lost i need to be found to be a part of my life I come back to you we're all helping those others say this together come, can I come back to you forgive me of my sin in Jesus name alright here's the other prayer for all of us would you all say this Jesus help me find the one Holy Spirit guide me lead me direct me to find the one that you've called me to hunt down. I will go to the dark place. I will go to the valley. I will go to the cave, wherever it is, to find the one. Would you awaken me? Say that. Awaken me. Wake me up. You need my help? Here I am. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.